0: All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will, I will defy tyrants. I will
1: defy tyrants.
0: I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
1: And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQers, TV, DBXYZ people, all the boat are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty and also Sons of Liberty Right. if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to com, and at the top of the page, you'll see two videos there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that, you can watch it up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, and then... <clears throat> And I've got to change that. I've got 3 p.m. Central on there. I didn't even know that had been done. Sorry, that's my fault. (laughs) But uh, until 3 p.m. Eastern, he'll come on live in that area. And then on the right side uh, is where we're streaming now. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then click on the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner and join us uh, in the chat on Rumble. By the way, we are streaming to Rumble on Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Please subscribe to our channel there. Also, uh, before it's news.com, top of the page there, and then dlive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. Right up under that is where you can sign up for a newsletter. Please do that and help us out in getting uh, some of the messages that we have there at Sons of Liberty out to the people because I know many of you are being censored, and so are we. So totally understand that. And Lynn and I were talking about the way inflation has gone and everything piling up. And then around our house, it's like, I don't know, every other week or something, something breaks here that we don't have money to fix, so we're kind of rigging things to uh, make them work and things. But uh, uh you guys know how that is too, and boy, I, I sympathize with many of you talking about um, just the way things are economically and, and such. But you know what? We can either cry about it or we can say, Lord, what are you teaching us in this, or what are you chastising us for? What, what's what's the issue uh, when this comes Uh, to us as believers. What what is the Lord doing in the midst of that? And Lord, you know our needs. He knows our needs before we have them. And so we go to him and we ask him. And I think he wants us to do that. He wants to be the loving father to us. And we have to recognize that we are utterly dependent upon him, not just financially uh, and not just spiritually, but for everything that happens in our life, we are dependent upon the Lord. Uh, Now, with that said, if you would like to help us, there's a donate button at the top of the page of sons of Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or if you'd like to help us out and become a monthly partner as a son or daughter of liberty, that link is available as well. And of course, our store is available this week. We're highlighting resistance to tyranny is obedience to God coffee mugs. Now they're red or blue on the inside and know that has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat or any of that stuff. It's just that's colors that were chosen. I guess that's considered American colors, right? There's just the white one that's missing. Uh, But normally these are $15, this week only through Saturday at midnight. You want one of these. You can get them for 15% off when you use the promo code OBEY, okay? Let me hit real quickly these because I've got a couple of short videos I want to play before we bring Lynn on and then she's got a full show for us. We may go over, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure we're probably going to go over. Uh, These are some of the highlights from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Man who thinks he's a woman, Okay with over a million YouTube followers, pulls out the knives. He's, he's telling you what his mindset is now that was warned about in that sodomite homos, uh, manifesto that was put in the congressional record decades ago. He says, it's time to go on the offensive. I won't rest until every American child has been transed. Then he goes on and he says to make every conservative a sodomite. Okay, this is what you're dealing with. And, and look, I believe the gospel ought to transform these people. We, we covered this the other week in Corinthians. It says some of the people of that church in Corinth were that, but they had been washed. They had been cleansed, right, from their sins. So I believe that people can't, who, who are engaged in this sinful lifestyle can be cleansed. I do. And that comes through the gospel, And if you don't have a saving gospel, if you've just got a a supposed gospel that says God loves you and has a plan for your life, you don't have a gospel. You've got something else. And Paul says that if you're carrying that kind of gospel, you are anathema. That means you're damned. You're cut off. You're cursed. We have to have the right gospel that calls men to repent of their sin towards God and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to present that. But at the same time, those who remain unrepentant, the law bears against them. Read what Paul wrote to Timothy. The law is therefore, and among those are homosexuals, okay? We've got to press the law, or these people are going to come after us. You've you got to understand that. They're going to come after the, those who are not engaged in these things, all right? Also, sonsoflibertymedia.com, quote-unquote, queer ethics professor, and he's an he's an open sodomite calls for destigmatization of pedophiles he says it's a mental state of finding children mental state of finding children sexually attractive is very common really huh. if it's very common why do you guys go around doing it in secret why do you guys go around doing it in the dark you know it's wrong quit trying to justify your sin and repent Red Flag Nation, gun confiscation laws put a target on the back of every American. We're going to hit that in just a minute. That's from John Whitehead. Also, Top Gun Maverick. This is what I told you the other week, wasn't it? That movie is military propaganda, and you can read the documents on sonsoflibertymedia.com that prove it. I told you about that last week, and, uh, and lo and behold, here's the, here's the documents that prove it. Also, hordes of Americans are moving to Mexico to escape rapidly rising inflation in the U.S., isn't that interesting? And a nightmare on Wall Street. Yeah, it's they're they're suffering up there, aren't they? Uh it's manipulated. They're gonna come, they're gonna bounce back at all those guys that know how to play the game. They're not worried about this this thing tanking. They're gonna they're gonna wait till it goes rock bottom. They're gonna buy it up. They're gonna make lots of money. Okay? Have, have no fear. That's what that's what's going on. All right. Now I want to give you a couple of short videos. <clears throat> Um, one of them is, um, let's see, let's just start with this one. This was all planned. I, I want you to to hear, this is a montage, and uh, it goes from 2021 up until the present, and uh, just take a listen.
0: I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most oh. economic al- analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster
1: than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The only <laughs> one of the consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. Yeah, pop up a little. No bit. one's talking about yeah. this great,
0: great deal.
3: This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory.
0: Transitory. <laughs> the data shows. But most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and, and are expected to be temporary. There's yes. nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's on, highly unlikely that's going to be long-term inflation that's going but to get out of hand. I don't right? know right? anybody business who's business. worried about inflation. Over the last couple of months, uh, we actually saw it trended downward. President Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, enthusiastically retweeted an economist who had said, in part, most of the economic problems we're facing, inflation, supply chains, etc are high class problems.
2: What is the home plan to increase oil production in
0: America? <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. Well, the number one thing that the president can do is help get COVID under control. Uh, that, we know, is the root cause of <laughs> inflation. to get something President that doesn't Biden's exist under control. He thinks we're at the peak of the crisis right now, and that lower prices are on the way.
2: The inflation has everything
0: to do with the smudge. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. I'm going to do everything I can to minimize <laughs> Putin's price hike here at home. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to... um it's to get rid of, of politicians. Of That's what... There's how you do since it. since you've
1: come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, everything. I mean, it's, seriously, you, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, and they, they say it with a straight face as though they know what they're talking about. It's like a kid in kindergarten talking about, oh, I can get you uh, 50 miles to the gallon. He knows nothing about the car except how to get in and out of it. All right? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, here's another one. And this is just a reminder for all you Trumpites out there who are angry at the traitors, the treasonous uh, 10 Republicans who join with the Democrats to vote on these unconstitutional red flag laws. The Supreme Court's already ruled that red flag laws are unconstitutional. But for you people who keep justifying the unjustifiable with Donald Trump, I just want to take you back. It's not edited. Okay. Okay. At what he said about these very things, and while you call those traitors who voted for it, you go and support this man now I, the disconnect here is absolutely incredible, but this is just to remind you what happened right after parkland uh the alleged shooting down there in Parkland. listen to what listen to what your uh your your God your savior your whatever you want to call him. listen to what he said Loud due process so that no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms, but any any weapon. Mike the, uh, the, Mike Pence was wrong, to too.
0: the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system. Because a lot of times, by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process
1: procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw
0: everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first,
1: go through due process. That is communism. That is a communist statement. That is not somebody who loves America, who wants to make America great. It's none of that. And I just want to remind you, Trumpites, that that's what that is. That is not constitutional. It's a violation of the Fifth Amendment. And you know what? Even what Mike Pence was saying, the more I thought about it, it was unconstitutional. You don't get to go to court and take somebody's because you think they might be dangerous. No, no, no. The only way you lose property or liberty is if you're actually indicted. Go back and read the Fifth Amendment. Are you convicted of a crime? That's the only way you can lose your liberty, your property, or any of that stuff. Okay? But here it is. Commie Trump pushing that. And I, I know some of you are saying, oh, I can't believe you'd call him a communist. That's a communist statement because that's not something that, seriously, it's, that's not American at all. There was a lot of stuff that he said and did that wasn't American. There were some things he said that were, but there was a lot that wasn't. And that's one of them. That's a big one, too. And I just want to point out the hypocrisy of those who will call out the traitors who voted for the red flag laws, but they won't call out Trump. Incredible. Incredible. Now, here's a quick video. And then I got one more. It's going to be very short, too. Here's a quick video. I was asked by um, Captain Carl to look into this whole this thing went on with the Patriot Front Group. Okay, and if you ask me, this the same thing that went on in Michigan with their militia and the FBI and all—that's what that's what's going on with this Patriot Front group. And we've got here a cop who's being asked, "How did you know all these guys were in this this truck and with all this stuff and this that and the other? Oh, we had several informants with the Feds. Check it out." Okay. 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 There's 15 shields in there, spears and things. Gotcha. Okay. So then that's all.
0: No, and I appreciate
2: that. Yeah. Like at the same time. Hey, if I can educate
0: you guys, I mean, we're not not going to be going
1: after a lot of body people, but
0: 33 people loaded up in the back with lots of weapons. Well, I mean, obviously, right? Especially. Do you know what the
1: original stop was for? For that. But how did you know? How did you know that they? We have. have
0: have Nice. Yep. Yes, indeed.
1: Okay, so he tells you in there, we had informants and, and federal, uh, that we're working with the federal agents too. Okay? And then you had those guys, that, 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 the guy who had the FBI megaphone. Remember that guy? The images that were caught about that guy? So, again, and this guy goes, oh, nice. Yeah, you guys busted. Yeah, you're, you're involved in it. The FBI, the, the, the feds, law enforcement are involved in almost every one of these busts. They're enticing these people. We called it entrapment in a lot of ways. And they did the same thing with the, the militia up in Michigan. And this is the final one. This is um, MEP Christine Anderson. And the stuff I've heard her say has been incredible in warning the people uh, from her position that that she has in representing the people there uh, in Europe. But take a listen to what she has to say. I think, I think it's very encouraging. Listen to it.
0: You know what your problem is? You just won't take "no for an answer. You will simply not accept anyone, not in support of your dystopian, brave new world agenda. As seen here today earlier, by the way, if a vote doesn't go your way, all hell breaks loose, and the vote will be repeated until the result suits you. Ja, (Vs:) Wow, the headline of this resolution already says it all. You're talking about a global threat. It just always has to be superlatives with you, doesn't it? Promoters of this debate should read the treaties of the European Union first. This parliament has no competence to lecture sovereign countries on how they should govern themselves. The USA is no longer a colony ruled from Europe. Didn't you know that? So if their Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade as being unconstitutional, yeah, they can do that. If they decide that their federal law no longer protects the abortionists from criminal prosecution, yeah, they can do that too. And if they put decisions on how to run maternal health care abortion choices back to democratically elected leaders in their 50 states, guess what? They can do that, too. And if those states then believe life in the womb is worth protecting, as the UN Convention on the Rights of Children states, by the way, yep, they can do that, too. You know what your problem is? You just won't take no for an answer. You will simply not accept anyone not in support of your dystopian Brave New World agenda. As seen here today earlier, by the way, if a vote doesn't go your way, all hell breaks loose and the vote will be repeated until the result suits you. So much for democracy in this house. So whenever you are hyperventilating about some sort of a global threat, what you are really fighting against is the collapse of your ridiculous utopia in which... Humans are a malleable mass. This is despicable, and it's dehumanizing. And I'm ashamed to having to say this in this house. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. She's, she's not going to give it up because freedom is not negotiable. It's not negotiable. When these guys come in, this is why Bradley has said about the gun things, the answer is no. There's no debate over this. The Second Amendment's clear. It's a protection, and I want to tell you this: even if they remove the Second Amendment, you still have a God-given right because it didn't come from government, and it didn't. Your rights didn't come from that Constitution either. By the way, God gave them to you, and He gave them to you to perform your duties. Now, with that said, it's right into the core. Wednesday, I'm going to get off here preaching a little bit here. Uh, and as always, we have with us the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn.
3: Well, good morning, boy. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not (laughs) sure how to follow her up other than to say, I did like some of her points. I like the point that she said, you know, uh, if we don't have what we want, y'all are going to keep manipulating it till we do. And we're seeing that play out here, not necessarily over the certain issues she was talking about. But today we're bringing up the fact of how, and you brought it up a little bit in that uh, video about the inflation. Uh, Did you know? That on the 18th of June, a few days away, this Saturday, that in DC, there's going to be a moral revival protest march in Washington, DC. Now, let me point out a couple of things. First of all, if you can't see the image, it's in yellow and black, very in your face colors. All right. That's done for a reason. But let me point out something, and I'm being very sarcastic when I do this. June 18th is known as National Panic Day, as well as National Splurge Day. Now, this whole campaign, Tim, is supposed to be about the Poor People's Campaign. Let's stop and look where they're holding this, uh, this event. Yeah, how are they going to get Washington, up there? How are they going to get there? Yeah, One of the most expensive cities for out-of-towners, and you're talking about you want poor people to drop what they're doing, to come to D.C., to go be represented. And and I'm sitting here going, okay. And the way I found out about this particular event was it's all over social media. And I started looking at some of the comments. And some of the comments, while supportive of, yes, let's do this, it's about time. Most of them were... Hi, I'm Wait a minute, how the heck am I supposed to get there when i can't even pay my
1: rent? So uh, yeah, yeah, how can you how,
3: how can you but here's the thing. this particular uh, gathering is going to represent every poor person in this nation, and they're using the figure of roughly one hundred and forty million of of the these people are in that low income category, that number's so skewed, it's not even funny. But did anyone ask you or I? Because we're considered in this scheme of things, we're considered low income. Did anyone come up to us and say, Hey, Lynn, Tim, or whoever you are, you know, you're below X number of dollars per year. You qualify as low income. How do you feel? What do you want? No, no one has asked us, but yet here this group has come together with all these other groups going, okay, here's what we're about. Here's what we're going to do. Here's who we represent. And here's how all this is going to play out. And what I want to point out is while this is thinly veiled Christian movement, it is an absolute socialist, communistic, Marcus, Mar- Marxist, fascist into, uh, 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 enterprise. Yeah. And we'll find that out as we start to peel back, uh, from this, this curtain. I'm sorry. I'm, I didn't sleep well last night because this has just been so bothering me since I found out about it. And I want to make sure that we're not seen as some sort of hater or, you know, we're, we're, We're coming at this from judgment because we're not. We're trying to tell you what is going on that's going to come after you because this poverty garbage is coming after us. Because guess what? It's sustainable development goal number one to eradicate all poverty.
1: Yeah, which is which we already look, Lynn. We already know Jesus has already told us the poor you have with you. How long? Always. always, always. Nobody's going to eradicate that. Uh, if they mm-hmm. if they say they do, then they're they're deceiving the people. So we know that's We know that's going to happen. Uh, this is just another way of milking the people mm-hmm. uh, to the people who are not necessarily poor. I mean, look what 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 are we seeing from some of these people in the Black Lives Matter movement? They were talking about, oh, you know, we don't we need justice and we need reparations and all that. And then you go and you find out they're buying mansions and stuff in, in places, and you're going. Okay, this this is just a scam. You you you're not poor. You're you're just conniving and criminal in nature. So uh, this this type of thing we were warned about, that when people can vote themselves out of the treasury, the the money and stuff, then, you know, you're 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 at the end of the road of a republic. You just know you're at the end of it.
3: Right. Well, well, don't forget a couple of shows ago, we went over the fact of how the um, poverty levels have been raised here in America to do what? increase the number of low income people. And now we suddenly have this big moral concern. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, you already showed the image of the the, uh, campaign. Now, if we'll go to the partner list, there is a video there, and you're going to see Randy Weingartner, who's the president of the American Federation for Teachers. She's going to show up in this. And if you can't see the partner list that Tim is scrolling through, there are so many of the Common Core machine Entities in this particular uh, partner group. You're going to see several churches. You're going to see several communist groups. You're going to see several socialist groups. You're going to see several national groups, political groups. You've got uh, people from DC who have been elected officials are now being poster men and women for this particular campaign. And how stupid is that when they're wearing clothes that probably cost more than we'll ever make in one day?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now the video you're talking about, the Facebook one, because there's no video on that page. Okay,
3: I'm just sorry. Want to make sure. it's, um I thought it
0: was with the This sounds like it's a
1: report and it's uh it's on this. So let me let me just pop this okay. in and, and we'll just sure. we'll go with it.
0: Hi, I'm Liz Shuler, president of the AFL CIO. And
1: I'm Fred Redman, Secretary Treasurer of the AFL CIO.
0: Working people are fed up and fired up and in workplaces all across the country. We're saying enough. Is enough. We're tired of watching the rich get richer while breaking the rules as working families just struggle to get by. Well, we Dr. Are- King
2: launched the Poor People's Campaign to advocate for the full humanity of every person in this country. He understood that you cannot have racial justice without economic justice. The AFL CIO is proud to support the Mass Poor People's and Low Wage Workers' Assembly and the Moral March on Washington and to the polls. We will join together in DC on June the
1: 18th to call for an end to poverty.
2: See you in DC on, on June, June the 18th.
1: 18th. I guess they're going to send out some. Some buses or something, Lynn, to to pick all these poor people up to bring them there. Look, I I I'm I'm bothered by stuff like what we said, what we saw during the Scam where these these uh, these rich corporatists are working with our government. Oh my goodness! Stop already! Ugh. Facebook and its continuing videos. The um, one of the things is 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 that we saw them grow in their uh, income that they took in. While the people were losing money left and right uh, due to the scandemic, due to the lockdowns and all this other stuff. And uh, yeah, I have a problem with that. But the the answer to that is not to go to government and say, hey, can you give us some handouts here? That's not what we're supposed to do. You know, uh, taking care of one another. I've said this over and over. We're to love one another. And that means that we we care for one another. Not we go to government and say, hey, will you rob Peter over here to pay Paul so I can feel good about myself? We don't do that.
3: Right. Well. You're exactly right, Uh, and we're going to see more of this pop up, but I wanted to point out that the video where you'll see Randy Weingartner show up, that is actually on the homepage, and it's in a video, so when you get the archive and you find this link, you'll see, okay, here's the Poor People's Campaign Do you want me to play that
1: one right quick? I'm on that page. Yeah, if
3: if you've got it, yeah, because I want folks to see because they're going to think, well, this is Rotten Wednesday, but you're not really talking about education. We're getting there.
1: Yeah. Hang on. Now, this is coming up with a quote here just for people who are uh, on Red State <clears throat> that you'll see at the beginning of the video. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Welcome you to
1: the launch
2: of the Mass Poor People's Low Wage Assembly and Moral March on Washington, D.C., June 18, 2022.
0: And we need to do it with the biggest actions possible. Because we know the only scarcity is the moral will to do what's right. Veterans across this nation say enough is enough. My voice is just as
2: valuable as anyone else's.
0: We need the third reconstruction.
2: We have an immoral system run by immoral people.
0: But together we fight. And we become an agent of change. We're rising up to demonstrate the compelling power that we, poor and low income people, have to reconstruct society from the bottom up. It's time for a change! We are people of resilience. Okay, I just
3: want to go like this. Now, don't you want? Don't you want to drive? uh, Come, come up here, drive with me, and we'll go six hours, and and we'll,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm not buying. I'm not buying any of that stuff. There's a whole difference. And I do I, there's a part where you you tend to agree. we talk about working with local to change the the problems that we have. No question about that, but these guys aren't looking for the kind of change that you and I are looking at to go back to our foundations. no 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 no, no. that's no, not no, what they're no, doing no, at all.
3: No. okay, we're going to go to the principles, okay, because <laughs> you heard all that hype about doing the right thing and immoral and all that. okay, well, here are their principles. you're going to love this, okay uh, for those who cannot. See this. One, we are rooted in a moral analysis based on our deepest religious and constitutional values that demand justice for all. Moral revival is necessary to save the heart and soul of our democracy. (sighs) Number two, we're committed to lifting up and deepening the leadership of those most affected by systemic racism, poverty, the war economy, ecological devastation, and to build unity across lines of division. Number three, we believe in the dismantling of unjust criminalization systems that explore exploit poor communities and communities of color and the transformation of the war economy into a peace economy that values all humanity. Number four, we believe that equal protection under the law is non-negotiable. Number five, we believe that people should not live or die from poverty in the richest nation ever to exist, blaming the poor and claiming that the United States does not have an abundance of resources to overcome poverty are false narratives used to perpetuate economic exploitation, exclusion and deep inequality. Number six, we re- we recognize the centrality of systemic racism in maintaining an economic oppression that must be named, detailed, exposed empirically, morally, and spiritually. Poverty and economic inequality cannot be understood apart from a society built on white supremacy. Oh, Lord, there it went. Okay, number seven, whereas the distorted moral narrative of religious nationalism blames the poor and oppressed people for our poverty and oppression, our deepest religious and constitutional values insist that the primary moral issues of our day must be how our society treats the poor, those on the margin, women, the um, LGB community, the workers, the immigrants, the disabled, the sick, the equal protection under the law, the desire for peace, love, and harmony within and among nations. We build, number eight, we build up the power of people and state-based movements to serve as a vehicle for a powerful moral movement in the country and to transform the political, economic, and moral structures of our society. Number nine, we recognize the need to organize at the state and local level many of the most regressive policies that are being passed at the state level. And those policies will have long and lasting effect past even executive orders. The movement is not above, from above, but below. Number 10, we will do our work in a nonpartisan way. No elected officials or candidates get to the stage or serve on the state organizing committee of the campaign. This is not about right or left, Democrat or Republican, but about right and wrong. Two more and we're done. Number 11, we uphold the need to do a season of sustained moral direct action as a way to break through the tweets and shifts of moral narratives. We are demonstrating the power of the people coming together across issues and geography and putting our bodies on the line to the issues that are affecting us all. And finally, the campaign and all its participants and endorsers embrace nonviolence. Violent tactics or actions will not be tolerated.
1: Well, Those they the got principles. They got they got one thing right. The movement is not from above. It's from below. That That's exactly right where this is coming from.
3: OK, Now. That was the principles, the demands. Now, when they go to Washington on Saturday, they're not going to ask. They're demanding. We're going to get in your face and we're going to just you got to do this. And here are the demands. Oh, goodness gracious. Number one, declaration of the fundamental rights and poor people's moral agenda. righty, Systemic racism is number one.
1: Can, can I ask a question here about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. We saw in that video, we saw people with skin color like ours in the midst of skin people with the same skin color, just it's a different shade, it's darker. How how can you call out quote un systemic racism when there's a lot of poor white people too? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? <laughs> just it doesn't how do you talk about white supremacy when some of us are poor. I mean, we're considered the the national standard for for poor people. How do you do that? How does that? How does that work?
3: I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't. But it, you'll notice when you get into these demands that they're quite lengthy as far as what they're asking for. Yes. They're yeah, they're going to have an immediate and full restoration and expansion of the Voting Rights Act. That's supposed to end the the racist gerrymandering and, the, and uh, redistricting. Right. Uh, yeah, we do know that our election system is is broken. We you sure. know that? Okay, we've talked about that. Uh, they want to make D.C. a state as part of this as well. Well, we've talked about that as well. Uh, they want to make sure the second demand is about poverty and inequality. And uh, the demands there, they go back into a lot of history from the 1970s and how much things have gone up. And then in big, bold letters, the truth is that the millions of poor people in the United States today are poorest because the wealth and resources of our country have been flowing to a small number of people, and federal programs are not meeting the growing needs of the poor. Uh, What did we just hear? The federal what are not doing what?
1: Yep, Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. right about the money flowing to a small number of people, but they're wrong to look for a federal program to get them out of it. The federal programs are what put them in this situation.
3: I, I, and I don't disagree. Okay. Now, here's the biggest uh, uh, caveat about this uh, inequity or, or inequality, as we should say it. Everybody has the right to live. The U.S. Constitution was established to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Given the abundance that exists in this country and the fundamental dignity inherent to all humanity, every person in the United States has the right to dignified jobs living wages, housing, education, health care, welfare, and the right to organize for the realization of these rights. Yep. I must have had a different constitution because education, healthcare were not in there.
1: Well if they I'll tell you, if they uh if they want to talk about um and they pulled out general welfare. I noticed that. And then they slapped in blessings. Uh, they, they pull one thing from way down in article one, then they go back up here to the preamble right. and, uh, and they do these kinds of things. There's no doubt in my mind. And this is why we push tactical civics.com so much was for people to learn their civic duties in developing mm-hmm. these, this common uh, common law grand jury in the militia so that we can go deal. Because look, if you're waiting on the next voting thing to sort of clean out, Washington, you're not going to do that. That's just not going to happen. The system is rigged so that they're going to get their way. The, the powers that be behind them are going to get their way. This is why the people have to be the law enforcers. And if we're not going to end the Fed, if we're not going to uh, deal with these criminals in Washington by either having mm-hmm. them arrested and bringing them to justice or abolishing Washington or secession or something like that, that's the way you would cut off the, the, the head of the snake here in the U.S., I would think. Um, then then this right here is not going to do it. This is just going to add strength to the tyranny that they're they're already under.
3: And I know that, but listen to all the demands they want to expand that
1: will oh, it's crazy.
3: to education. Yeah, okay? they want all freebies, fully don't they? Fund, fully funded social welfare programs that provide cash and in-kind assistance. All right, that mm-hmm. would include your SNAP funds, your CHIP funds, your HEAP funds. And we've talked about how SNAP and CHIP were woven back into the Every Student Succeeds Act, and we've seen since 2015, when that became a federal law, we've seen how those have been manipulated for uh, doing nothing but not helping low-income people, but tracking them, putting them on this blockchain, this algorithm to do what? Steer them to where the government thinks they should go, but yet they want more of this. Okay, they are demanding. Equity in education. Are we talking equity as in money or are we talking equality as in an equal opportunity? They're not saying because they're using wordplay here. All right. Equity in education, ensuring every child receives a high quality, well-funded, diverse public education. We demand an end to the resegregation of schools. We demand free tuition at public colleges and universities and an end to profiteering on student debt. I don't argue with the profit on the the student debt because the worst thing that ever happened to helping fund higher education was the government.
1: Totally agree.
3: Totally took over and took out all the uh, free enterprise and the uh, the private sector of that. Okay. Yep. It goes on to say after that they want to fully expand Medicaid in every. Every state will Medicaid and Medicare do what they come in through the every state that succeeds that through the health care to have those mental health overreaches. Which, guess what, that's going to be next,
1: and that's all twisted in with Obamacare.
3: It absolutely is. Then you're going to have infrastructure. Well, that's going to also hype up your data tracking. So, we're not seeing this come at it from a an angle where it's really going to do anything but have them more uh reign to over. Well, I don't think people are understanding that.
1: Let's hit the let's hit the issue. They're calling this a more a, a moral kind of thing. This is immoral.
3: Uh, right, I understand. And and <laughs> In our archives, we're going to have a lot more of this, and we're going to get to the morality part in just a minute. But I wanted folks to see out of the the policy planks. And remember, policy is not law. And what did we hear in the uh, demands? What did we hear in their principles? That policies had to change. Policies have to change. That's interpretation of the law. And again, who's going to do that? Who's going to say, okay, we're going to put Tim in charge of changing all the policy? And who's to say that I'm going to like what Tim does. when he I'm going to get
1: rid policy. of all of it. <laughs> well, That's what I, I'm going to do. <laughs> right. And I
3: understand, but I hope folks understand that it, it, this is the reason why I'm putting it in such a simple example is because they're overcomplicating something that is very simple and straightforward. And yes, this could have a positive impact, but when you've got so much communism and socialism woven in, it doesn't stand a chance. Now, in the policy planks, you'll find that education is number nine on their policy planks and going in and seeing what they want to do will come at it from a legislative viewpoint. So, again, at a local and state and federal level, they're wanting what more tyranny over education uh, Then they're going to have their covenant of nonviolence. You have to go there. Our listeners and our viewers have to see this. And I want you to
1: uh, absolutely, hit some of the high points on this one. All right, um, let's see what they got here. This is their um, poor people's campaign. I just that just sounds silly to me. A national call for moral revival covenant of nonviolence. Now, mm-hmm. eh, I'm I'm kind of curious. You said these colors have a reason. Do you want to explain that to us before I read this? Because I'm probably going to have comments about it.
3: Okay. Does something I have color. something
1: to do with BLM?
3: Um, am I?
1: Yeah, that's what I think. Anyway, here's here's their uh, here's their alleged moral revival covenant for nonviolence. Number one, I will act with respect towards all. Nonviolence is a way of life for courageous people. It is active resistance to the interlocking injustices we face every day. It requires presence of mind and a profound moral and spiritual commitment to ending injustice. I don't know what the spiritual commitment is that they're specifically talking about because they don't state it. I'll maintain Mm -hmm. my presence of mind and walk with dignity in my actions. Um, I guess that's open for definition. I will speak truth to power. Nonviolence seeks to win friendship and understanding. I will confront those who disagree with our position using grace, intelligence, truth, compassion, and never compromise my principles. Good. I I hope they stick to that. That's the way we should engage one another. I I don't deny that. It says, I will seek to defeat injustice, not people. Well, yeah, we want to defeat injustice. Absolutely. Nonviolence recognizes that we are all impacted by the systemic root causes of injustice. I don't know what That root is, did they did they say that was uh, systemic racism? Is that what they're implying here? I will not humiliate my opponent, but call forth the good in them and challenge them and our society to live up to our true potential. We're going to hold these people to this, by the way, uh, in what they're saying. Four, I will accept the consequences of my actions for justice. Nonviolence prepares us to accept the consequences of our actions without retaliation and to not respond violently even to acts of violence. Again, we'll see if they, they hold to this. Number five, I will not resist arrest, use hostile language or insults, carry or use weapons, or make any threats of violence. Six, I will walk in love. Nonviolence resists violence of both the body and the spirit and demands that we love our neighbor. Nonviolence love is active, spontaneous, unselfish, and generous, giving willingly, even when it may be returned with hostility. Well, I agree. So why are you asking government to give everybody? Why aren't you not giving? That's the question. Number seven, I may wear a face mask for the health and safety of my myself and others. So they're going to push this lie. However, I will not otherwise obstruct my ability to tell my story and why the PPC is important to me in a public and accessible manner. They're going to lie to you about that. Number eight, I believe the universe is on the side of justice. What in the world? The universe? What? Mm. Um, nonviolence is rooted in the belief that justice will ultimately win against injustice. All of history is moving us in the direction. Let me put it this way. justice does not surround the throne of the universe. It surrounds the God of creation. Okay? doesn't surround a universe. It surrounds the God who is just and holy. Number nine, I'm committed to a movement, not a moment. The changes we seek require long hours of work, strength, Courage, creativity, and commitment. I'm sure lobbying should have been put in there, too, since they're going to government for it. To an effort that is beyond any individual, nonviolence compels us to act in community, to learn with and from others, to build fusion, unity uh, across lines of division, including race, ethnicity, class, sexual orientation, immigration, and documentation status, gender and gender identity, oh Lord. And to prioritize the leadership and demands of those most impacted by the injustices we face. And then finally, in committing to these principles, I will tap into a power and soul force that exists within each of us. This is, this sounds nothing like what Martin Luther King Jr. had, where he talked about the Bible and Jesus and the principles of Scripture, but they're trying to make it spiritual, and it is spiritual, don't get me wrong. It's just the wrong kind of spiritual. They're going to tap into this soul force the power in each of us. I will be firmly grounded in nonviolence as a philosophy, practice, and moral and spiritual discipline. I will strive to embody the values of courage, inclusion, justice, truth, and love for all that connect me to every human being. Kumbaya. Mm-hmm. 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 hmm
3: mm-hmm. Aren't you? Uh-huh. Don't you just see all the problems just disappearing right oh, before your yes. eyes? Yes, yes. You do. Okay. They do have a Jubilee platform. It cites one Bible verse from Isaiah. But if you look at the religious, supposed religious entities that are involved in this jubilee, it's uh, and this is going to be taking place on the 18th. Uh, it is going to cite for you the preamble of the Constitution, the 14th Amendment, and then Isaiah 10.1. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. What will you do on the day of reckoning when the disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches?
1: Yeah, and they're and they're right to quote that. I'm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think either of us would would say that that these things aren't happening. It's their right. it's their remedy for it. Their remedy is to go to government to do for them what they've been commanded to do. And you know, we're somebody made a great point over here on Rumble. We're in a mm-hmm. poor nation. We're thirty something trillion dollars in debt plus yeah. all the the other things that we're you know, made promises to people goes, I don't know, 160, 200 trillion or whatever. It is. It's ridiculous. I mean, I can't even fathom the amount of money we're in debt. We're a, we're a poor debt nation. That's what we are. Right. And it's the Bible right. says that's a curse. And Deuteronomy right. 28 points it out. These are some of the final steps in the destruction of our land is that we no longer are the lender. We become the borrower. We're no longer the head. We become the tail. And. Right. God is right spot on. People might say it's an ancient book. It doesn't have anything to. Oh, it's telling you right now, baby, exactly what is going on in our country. And, you know, you know who's directing it. God's directing it because he is immutable. And what he does, what he's done in the past, he's he said, I'll do this to these nations, too. And America's on on, in the sights here of a just and holy God. If we don't repent, We're just going to keep going down this road, and this demand for more money from government and all this other is just putting us further and further in debt. This is the wrong approach; it really is.
3: Right, it is. Now, the the entities behind this jubilee are represented by the Reverend Dr. William Barber II, who is the president of Repairs of the Breach. He's also the co-chair for the Poor People's Campaign, Dr. Reverend Dr. Liz Thehoris. She's the director of the Cairo Center for Religions, Rights and Social Justice. She's also a co-chair for this particular campaign. We also have uh, Shali Gupta-Barnes. She's the policy director for the Poor People's Campaign. She's also a policy director at the Cairo Center. And finally, you have Roz Pell's who is the strategic advisor, and she's the vice president of repairs of the breach. And in the archives, we're going to give you the link to the Cairo Center. And what I wanted to point out that will tie back to education is that the Aspen Institute in Colorado is a willing partner of the Cairo Center. And if we remember anything about the Aspen Institute, it wanted to do one thing and that was to have common core come in and totally align everything yep. so everybody could be the same. So we wanted to do that. Now, if the Cairo Center, you're going to see uh the US government officials who were in Involved in the policy making for this morality that is going to be out and in, in display on June 18th. And let me see if you can get to that real quick, because I know people are going to be so. interested. Which one is this? It is the Cairo Center Policy Briefing, the moral agenda. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It's going to look like that. Yeah, there you go. Okay, the system is working the way that it's supposed to for the wealthy, our society is sick, and we need a moral revolution. Michaela Curry, excuse me. All right, so it gives you all the platforms, and i tell you what, it tells you here who all was involved.
1: Boy, and they're trying Uh to use the biblical language, aren't they? Jubilee. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Moral.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: As part of this policy briefing that included government officials protect public education, we call for an overhaul of our education system to expand funding for early childhood education. In other words, Mm -hmm. universal preschool, Mm -hmm. Head Start, K-12 through education in the segregation of schools, whether by income, race or ability provide the infrastructure and support that schools, administrations, faculty, and teachers need for our children today. We also call for expanded resources for higher education, including making college free for everyone who wants to attend, relieving the student debt beginning with 100% debt relief for borrowers who are earning less than $50,000 a year, and increased support for the HBCUs and tribal schools. Okay, so in this, you're going to see uh, there is a short video. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not a short video. It is one hour long, but you're going to see uh, that you've got somebody from Kentucky. You've got somebody from Michigan. Uh, You've got somebody from here in North Carolina. You've got somebody from California. And in the video, that's where you're going to see folks like Nancy Pelosi pop up. And what did she just do? Bradley just did an article where she stood on the stage. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, with Absolutely. the, with the, with, the per, with the reprobates there from uh, RuPaul thing or whatever yeah. he's
3: doing. Now, the one thing that we need to point out about the Cairo stance on the military and law enforcement is going to be woven into this as well, Tim, especially when you factor in that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has just trotted out a new classroom emergency protocol document. And that'll be in your office. Op- Um, Your archives as well. And y'all need to really look at what is included in this homeland uh, emergency uh, kit for schools. It will include guns, because after all, this was trotted out right at the heels of Uvalde.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lynn. We're, yes. getting, we're getting close to the end of the show here, so we're going to continue over on sonsoflibertymedia.com. dot com uh, mm-hmm. For you guys on Red State Talk Radio, you can pick us up there. You can go to Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. You can go to beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, or you can go to DLive at the Sons of Liberty. And I want to give Lynn, you've got about 30 seconds here. If you want to tell people where they can find out more about you, please do that.
3: Okay, uh, dot is where you're going to find everything, archives, you're going to see my videos and that kind of thing. And if you wish to financially support all that I'm doing to help get you informed, I really could use the help and absolutely prayer support.
1: Amen. Amen. And yeah, <laughs> Lynn needs uh, that support too. I think she's got a, a traveling engagement she's going on. They're just about as tight as we are over there in North Commie. Kamilina, and uh, we got it too. So, if you want to, if you want to help support Lynn for all the efforts and work that she does, uh, please go there, Common Core Diva, and give her a hand. Uh, Bradley, will be on with you at three, and uh, we'll be back in the morning. Don't know if we're going to have David Pruitt on tomorrow or Friday. Talk to him about that. We'll see you at six a.m. Lord willing. Adios. Okay, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Lynn, I wanted to cut you off where you got in the middle of the thought, and then. I'm going to let you go right now.
3: That's that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Okay. I mentioned Reverend Barber. And if people don't remember who he is, this next link that we're going to, it's the repairs of the breach where I said, look at who's the head. So if you'll go to that particular website, this is called the breach repairs. And if you'll notice in the background of the image of Reverend Barber, there's going to be the MacArthur Foundation's uh, logo in the back. And then there's a short video that we're going to be watching. Uh, So if you'll go to that, it's the YouTube link that's down there underneath Reverend Barber's name.
2: It's not a long clock that wakes me up. It's purpose. My name is Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II. I'm the pastor of Ringley Christian Church, and I've been working uh, as one of the co-leaders of the Poor People's Campaign. I would say that uh, my work Uh, growing out of a deep uh, religious and spiritual foundation um, to help people look at public policy through the lens of our deepest moral values, uh, both constitutionally and religiously. How do we talk about public policy without just getting into the normal left-right discussions? And then moral activism. What does it look like in the 21st century to be engaged in addressing the immoral uh, economic, racial, and other policies in our culture at this time. The current work I'm doing is always intersectional. That's why it's hard to separate it out. So I'm a pastor, but as a pastor, I'm involved in a body called Repairs of the Breach, which is designed to organize and train both clergy and individuals in what we call moral fusion organizing, particularly out in the South and around the country. And then as a pr- outgrowth of that, I'm involved in the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for a moral revival. Uh, we believe that the issue of po- systemic racism and poverty and ecological devastation, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of so-called Christian nationalism are interlocking injustices that have to be addressed by poor people, poor and impacted people, coming together and organizing with religious leaders, their advocates, and even people who may not be of religious faith, but they believe in things like establishment of justice. The Moral Monday movement started in 2013 when North Carolina, because of gerrymandering and voter suppression, elected a supermajority. In the first 50 days, they did everything they could to go backwards. They passed a bill in the Senate, which changed 40 parts of our voting laws. The most most expansive voter suppression law we had seen since Jim Crow. 17 of us went in to the legislature to protest. We said, this is our building. We said, we're not here Democrat or Republican. We're here to challenge the immoral direction of our state. They arrested us. The next Monday people came. The next Monday people came. The movement was ahead of us. In 2016, we won our legal battles around voter suppression. We took those moral constructs along with our deepest religious values, and invited people into a movement, regardless of race, creed, color, or party. And thousands upon thousands joined, and it became the foundation of a movement that's now being used in the Poor People's Campaign that has spread around many other parts of the country. My drive comes from a number of places. My father, early on, taught me that the only purpose of life is to make a difference in the lives of others, and to stand up for what is right, and just and full of love and full of compassion. I also get a lot of inspiration from being among the people. I pastor and I see what people go through. When folk are denied health care, I have to bury the people that die from that. When I visit homeless camps and see people who fought for our country being forced to live as homeless, it moves you in a deep place. This is a re engagement gift, this is a re engagement acknowledgement. Um, people will. will even more, believe you have something to say, and more importantly, a vision.
1: Well, the obvious question that I have mm-hmm. is if he's got this foundation, if he's got this, um, you know, moral thing, and he pastors. And I, I got to tell you, when I see guys in all the garb and stuff, it just—it's a big turnoff to me. Even in the reform community, I understand some of the things of the black robe and all this, but at the same time, I'm kind of, I'm just turned off by that stuff. And here's this guy, not one mention of, of, of Christ, not one mention of the gospel, not one mention of the community. And look, I agree with the Jubilee thing. There should be that because if you don't do it, you're going to keep going in debt, especially if you're a debt society like we are and you use debt money. But the fact of the matter is, Where's the answers from Scripture in that? Where's his appeal to that and all of these things? I I don't like seeing some of the things he talked about. And I don't like seeing people denied health care. But that has nothing to do with them being poor. That has a lot to do with them uh facing the things that, that have been input on them by government. Um so I I'm I'm with him on at least understanding that, but where's his answer from scripture? That's that seemed to be lacking there was almost 4 minutes of video there nothing about christ nothing about what what the bible says is the answer to these things that's that's a little mm-hmm. bothersome to me
3: yeah well did you see the other title that was behind pastor uh
1: the reverend social, thing oh social social justice uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and anybody MacArthur? who uses Anybody who uses reverend in front of their name, look, now they may, when they ordain me, they want to call me that. I've never been comfortable with that. I don't refer to myself as that or nothing. Uh, So they take that. But social justice, isn't that interesting?
3: Well, we, you know, we've had Clarence Anderson talk uh, with us about what is really social justice and what really isn't. And this is something that I'm sure if we ask him to comment on, he would probably be saying some of the same things that we are because, you know, he was one of the original civil rights activists and he told you, he told us, he told the audience, there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And the current movement is doing it all the wrong way. Um, but I just wanted to, to have folks listen to that. But MacArthur, don't, don't lose that. MacArthur is propping up not only the, SG, uh, the SDGs, but was a huge backer and still is of the Common Core, which has been rebranded into something else because, after all, everybody has to be the same cookie cutter way. And that's what this is propping up through education. So, yeah, MacArthur's going to have their hand in it. If you go to their religious efforts page on Repairs of the Breach, you're not going to see a whole heck of a lot that has to do, again, with Christ or the Bible. You will see see them having Moral Wednesdays, Moral Mondays, and he showed you a clip of when he came to North Carolina to do the Moral Mondays when Trump was in office. Okay, remember all that? So they've also got a Native American uh, religious uh, vent to all this as well. So again, we're not seeing we're We're hearing all the 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 nice words about morality and jubilee and you know religious and blah 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 blah. But again, my question by the time I got this far into it, uh Tim, was, okay, where the heck is the scripture? which God are we talking about? Are we talking about all these other gods or are we talking about the only true God? And so uh, I'm skipping over a lot well, of well I'll stuff. tell you,
1: Lynn, that's a that's the mm-hmm. question that I had. And I got to tell right. you, the more I have Johnny Cerucci on, the more I wonder, I want to start asking, is Rome behind this guy too? Because no. if you're willing to go in, look, if you're willing to go in among the Native Americans, that's great. Uh, we had many missionaries. David Brainerd is one of my heroes who went and and gave his life trying to um, mm-hmm. evangelize the Indians, died in the process of consumption. And But yet they're going to go here and they're going to do this. Are you going to evangelize these people? Are you going to give them the gospel? Or are you just going to try to link everybody in into this moral thing, which is just another religion and mm-hmm. everybody can have whatever God they want? And, you know, again, I say that I got this from a friend. There is no God given right to worship false gods. There just isn't.
3: Right. I understand now I'm going to talk you through some of the things that'll be in the archives because I really want us to get to the point because I know we've been building on it for quite a while about where's the, you know, is this really rooted in the Bible or not? Okay. From the repairs of the breach, you'll see the religious efforts. I also found, uh, a video link for them where they go on a seminary tour and they wind up in a Jewish seminary. And if you'll, uh, in the archives, you're going to start at the beginning and then you'll go to the five fifteen minute marker. It's a very long video, but it's what's said in those first five minutes, Tim, that are very telling as to, okay, we're in a Jewish synagogue uh, seminary and we're talking about God. And again, it's dancing around, what are we really talking about all right it's going to also show you that this is linked to what's called a school of conversion and i give you the website for that i give you what they stand for which again sounds nice looks good but what is it really they are propping up a uh and they're based here in north carolina by the way they are uh propping up a program for students that is called the way, which is all about this uh, mental health push that we're seeing. They also have a school of conversion prayer app that they're working on because we have to have common prayer. Don't miss that. All right. The school of conversion also mentioned Project Turn. That link did not work, but I did find that the university, the Baylor University in Texas has a paper on Turn that will unite the false uh, belief about the the school to prison work line or pipeline, as they call it, that's going to be included in your archives as well. So this is where we're going. Okay. Now, like myself, you've probably been wondering which God is all this rooted in, or is it the God? Well, if you'll go to this link, we'll look at what uh, appears to be the base for the morality behind every bit of this. And that's that in community link. If you'll go there, Tim. And there it is, the new, I'm not sure even how to say that word. Monasticism. Yeah, the new monasticism. All right, if you look and you read at what this involves. Oh, okay. Or if you want the Tim
1: Brown uh, citation, it is (laughs) monasticism. Just for you Anna and Tommy fans out there.
3: Okay, so that is going to show you the uh, interview that was given on this type of belief, but it's going to be showing you the same guy who was in the video that I said, watch the first five minutes of because he's the leader of the school of conversion. So that will take you to his interview about the new monism. If you don't understand what the interview is going to be telling you, oh goodness, did I get the wrong? I did. Oh, shoot. Let me see. Uh, all right. So it tells you here about their affiliations. All right. It tells you here, let's face it, modern intentional communities don't have the best reputation for sustainability, accountability, and long-term health. At their worst, they even become insular or even cult-like. So we're setting a number of things in place early on, which we hope will help with our community's overall health. Our community has come to believe that in spite of the harm the church has done, we need a posture of humble submission to Christ's body, the church. For this reason, we have chosen to affiliate ourselves with two institutions in the Christian church, which give us some jewels in their distinctives, as well as an accountability structure for leadership. We are an immunical shared ministry of the Angelican Church of Canada, uh, the United Church of Canada. Uh, both of these denominations have strong guidelines and processes of accountabilities. We also find great affinity with the parish collective who are seeking to support Christian communities who are rooting themselves in their neighborhoods. Uh, it goes on to tell you that we know that many of our members come from different stripes and expressions of the Christian faith. It goes on to tell you who those people are, and it goes on to tell you that they fully uh, acknowledge that common life of the Imas community happens on the unceded territories uh, there in Canada. They also strive deeply and welcoming to fully inclusive of the LGB community, the buyout Christians, the Imas community. And it goes on to tell you that uh, they want to er- eradicate all harm that's been done by the church. So that got me to thinking, OK, well, this Imas community, then uh, Is it rooted in Christ or the United Nations? And I found a Google book link where it distinctly tells you that the Amos community roots are from the United Nations. So right there, Tim, right there is your anti-God moral.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems that it's in contrast to one another. I was thinking of the same thing. Thank you, Mr. Wordsworth, that you brought up, that monasticism has to do with monkery. And you had, take a vow, not only of celibacy, but of poverty. So this seems to be like at loggerheads with what they're talking about here. And then if you go on down on that page, I was noticing, you know, when you were reading, I was already scrolling down to the bottom here. Listen right. to this. Listen to what they're saying here. It says, in the early 20th century, also live in... a er, Yeah, in the early 21st century, also live in a time of monumental social change when old structures are collapsing and it is unclear what will emerge in their place. This is especially true in the Western Church as we move into a post-Christendom reality. Perhaps, look, there is no post-Christendom reality. The reality is Christ, period. That's going to be there, whether you're in a communist nation, whether you're in this nation, whether you're in an Islamic nation. The reality is Christ, period. That's what it is. But he's, they're saying a post-Christian, Christendom reality. Perhaps it is time to reimagine what church might be. Yeah. We're going to use our imaginations to make the church into something different than what God said it should be. Right. That's what they're saying. And then. Right. He, Well, let me me, me make this point here because of of what he's saying here. He says, perhaps it is time to reimagine what church might be drawing on the living waters of the past as we move into a new cultural reality. We believe that a new movement of the Holy Spirit is emerging as all over the Western world. Small clusters of faithful followers of Jesus are coming together to find the strength and hope to live simply and faithfully in prayer and contemplation while reaching out to serve their their contexts. Now, Look, on those parts, on that front, that is what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be doing that, no question. But then he says, these communities recognize that to live lives faithful to the kingdom reign of God, they need loving, sustaining, oh, there's that word, community. Mm -hmm. It is for this reason that such communities are reaching back to the wisdom of the ancients and looking to contemporary monastics for guidance that, in a nutshell, is the impetus for new monasticism. Ultimately, the new monastic life is about inhabiting a shared reality, what Jesus often called the Kingdom of God. Now he didn't call that he said the kingdom of God is in you. This involves focusing on the inner life so that our witness can flow into the wider world, starting right where we are in our own neighborhoods or rural context now that's that's true. we do start we do start there and do those things, but what gets me is I see this flowing along. The lines of what uh, Klaus Schwab and his gang were saying: "You will have nothing, and you'll be happy." Be happy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what this sounds like. Absolutely. Well,
3: before we get to actually look at what this new community is going to look like, I wanted to point out one thing. Okay, if you go to the grocery store and you see Dr. Bronner's toothpaste, you're going to notice there's a lot of print on this. Okay. and he tells you that it was founded in 1948 by a third-generation master soap maker from a German Jewish family, and his message of unity, we are all one. And he goes on to tell you that he's basing uh, what he did on his morality, but then he goes on and tells you where this morality comes from. While on E, and he goes letter by letter through the alphabet. E, here's education. Through millions of years of construction, of constructive evolution to every swallow, nightingale, beaver, bear, cat and man, mean basic training and absolute cleanliness, hon- honesty, self-discipline, teamwork, love, individualism, absolute understanding of God's timing, God's power, God's law and God's love. The highest point of our education was reached by the Ennis, whose great teacher was the great Rabbi Halil and taught the moral ABC of the free, the kingdom of God's law and the one God faith in one God state to the 12 year old Jesus upon entering his manhood. Therefore, we need the positive, constructive, full, true teachings of the moral ABC to unite God's spaceship earth in its astronomy, eternally tremendous, all one God faith. Now, <laughs> uh, that's that's really twisted, isn't it? Yep. Now, the uh, the Innesses supposedly authored the Dead Sea Scrolls, from what I found, and they were groomed by Rabbi Halil, who did not like to be called a rabbi. Uh, he was also a Jewish sage, and his followers kept the Talmudic traditions. Now, Dr. Bronner's Foundation supports not only the Green Movement of the SGDs but also, b l m, so the nice. reason I want to bring that in is because this new monastic um monastic or however you want to say it community they're talking about as far as the what the community looks like this is the next place we're going you should see it the community of a new monastic way and you'll see an about page and it goes on to tell you the community of the new uh, monastic way is a community of people outside of any religious structure hence these moral abcs okay who've been called to model a monostatic living founded and rooted in the teachings of Beverly Lanzada, we live out the ancient charism of the monk, separate from its traditional aesthetic forms, embodying the via feminina deeply embedded in, engaged with, and committed to a flourishing of life. Doesn't that sound kumbaya?
1: Yeah, and we need to find out who this Beverly Lanzetta is. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that in there for you, too, because I'm thinking, okay, if you're going to base this off of this woman's teaching, what the heck is she teaching? Yes. And you're going to love this. You're going to love this. And I say that very sarcastically. She is a PhD. She is a theologian. I already see
1: problems in the picture. (laughs) Yeah, contemplative
3: scholar, teacher of the new traditions of contemplative wisdom. Okay. Mysticism is in this. Mm. So, yeah, you've got the monastism. Now you've got the mysticism.
1: Oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. Celebrating the sacred and program of oh. mystical studies with her is an opportunity to devote oneself to a period of contemplative learning and practice to deepen and sink into the profound questions and longing that animate the spiritual life. Participants will be guided through themes such as contemplation and inner freedom, engaging with spirit On Earth, the mystical path of the feminine and radical mercy, and much more, via monthly emails and live online teachings with Doctor Lenzetta. Brought to you by Five. I just thought I would set throw that in there. That's Uh, fine. That's fine. (laughs) Because because probably somebody back there is uh, is doing some of that. I'll, I'll bet. Look at this stuff. But again,
3: this is teaching, not in public schools, but this is cultural teaching that Mm. will impact education. It's got to because education is tied to culture. For that reason, that's why the United Nations has the uh, UNESCO because it's got education and science and culture in there. But Dr. Linzetta is dedicated to a vision of theological openness and spiritual nonviolence, Tim. Her work is won praise for its wisdom, eloquence, and mystical insight and is considered to be a major contribution to what theologian Ursula King called a feminine mystical way for the 21st century.
1: This has she trouble has- written all over it
3: she is a vowed monk of peace living in a world an interfaith chaplain she has formed a community of new monks who are either single married partner celibate etc who are dedicated to the universal mystical heart and to the spirituality of nonviolence she has devoted much of her life to mentoring people who seek a deeper contemplative commitment and who wish to take personal monastic vows she has received her doctorate from Fordham University. Ooh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Hey, she went
1: there with uh, probably Trump, huh?
3: <laughs> okay, she has her degree in historical, theological, and interreligious dialogue, which has an emphasis on Christian mysticism, taught at Villanova University, Prescott College, and finally, Grinnell College. Mm. Whippedy snot.
1: Well, you can see behind it. I guess. I guess I was right. The things that I'm I'm picking up here from Johnny, uh, the Fordham University. That one came right off. And then we've seen yeah. the the image there of it. Looks like the Virgin Mary with her little <clears throat> halo thing. And that's not a halo. What do they call? It? I forget what they call that thing. Mister Wordsworth or not? Uh, when so I there's
3: that. the yeah, but there is the root and the agenda yeah. behind this four people's event that's about to take place. In uh, uh, DC, and again, I have to question why in the world would you pick the hottest month mm. and go to one of the most expensive cities if your message is really going to be, "Hey, let's all change how our our system works."
1: Yeah, Sundisc—that's what it was. Thank you, Mr. Wordsworth. Um, yeah, well, it's not just—it's not just that; it's the whole mentality that everything has to be addressed at DC. It, it's yeah. like. You know, we don't have a federal government anymore. We have a central government. Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, I would, I'm just going to tell you, I would have sided with the anti-federalist. Knowing what I know now and and knowing what I've known for years, I would have sided with the anti-federalist. I would have said, we're just asking for more problems. Every time people do this and they centralize power, Mm -hmm. they get in trouble. They get in trouble because men are not basically good. They're basically bad. This is why the people in our construct of government are the ones to hold our representatives in check. That's why we are the militia. We are to hold them in check because if we don't, if if we fail, if we become demoralized, then there's nobody to hold them in check. And then they run amok. And the same thing happens in the church. This is why, you know, we're, we're told that we take our brother, we go to them Quietly, we we bring witnesses. We do all these things to keep things in check and keep it within the family. And if we don't do that, what are we doing? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. But this is what's happened in America. We've allowed that leaven to just you know rise fully and bake a full cake up there in D.C. And that's why I think I think there's no remedy for that except to abolish it or to secede. Uh, mm-hmm. Either one of them, we have the authority to do as the people who created it.
3: Right, absolutely. Well, I hope folks have have been able to, through this long uh, uh, show that we've done, been able to see that that thin veil of Christianity was hiding a heck of a lot more that is so unchristian. But how in the world are we going to solve problems when we're asking for more control and more uh, socialization? Uh, you, you, you're you not going to solve the problem. You're just going to make it absolutely worse. And what I want to close with is if you want to look at the Bible, Boaz was, was championed as uh, one of the people who looked after the poor. And look what he did with Ruth. And that's the that's where I want us to look at is what does the Bible say about caring for the poor? And again, we give you uh, Ruth and Boaz. We know that Jesus told us that we'd always have the poor with us. He also told us, you know, you take care of the widows and the orphans. There are biblical ways to do this. That's right. Even if you are a low income person uh, family, even if you are, you know, having money troubles already, uh, there are ways for you to do it biblically. And that is what this whole morality garbage is missing. So there's our action right there. So go study Ruth and Boaz, go study what the scriptures say about, you know, poverty, because, yeah. We can hit on
1: some of that right now because it, yeah. one of the things I, I really appreciated when I, when I discovered this in, in, um, in Ruth was is that when they went, uh, they, they were needy
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they went to Boaz and they said, hey, can we glean from your fields? Now, the Bible says when you grow something, you're to go through it once you're to glean it. You're not to go through it again. You're to leave that for the poor. It doesn't mean that you go collect it for the poor and you have it sitting on mm-hmm. your front porch for the poor. No, no. They went and then he said, yeah, you can go do that. And they went and gleaned the fields. In other words, the poor worked for what they got from the mm-hmm. person who had grown it. And they got permission to do it. They didn't, didn't go in there and steal his wheat uh, or his right. grain. They, they went in there and gleaned it themselves. So there was a, a way in which they carried... I I don't know if I even want to really use this word, but I think people will understand what I'm getting at. They carried their dignity. It was not a handout to them. They worked for it. And the master who owned the place, uh, he was showing them compassion and love by saying, yes, you can have what is mine because God said I should leave that for you. Uh, And you go and get it and take care of yourself. So he was being uh, some people might say, well, he he wasn't very gracious because he didn't go out there and and do it himself and then give it to him. No, he's being very gracious. He didn't have to give them squat. But he recognized the law of God was that he is to show his love and his compassion for those who are poor by letting them partake of some of what he has has grown. And the Lord's given him increase.
3: Right. Well, God did tell us that we did have things we needed to do. Yes. And because uh, he never wanted us to just be a bunch of people going, okay, just gimme, 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 right. gimme, gimme. And that's what this new morality is showing is we're not going to say, okay, let me have some dignity along with this. It's pretending to. But is it really when you're saying, hey, we want to fully expand pu- uh, public education. We want to fully fund more Medicaid. We want to fully this and fully that. Uh, no, it's not going to help you. It's going to be more of the handout than it is the help out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and there's more to be said about that. You know, I often go back to and I did this several on several occasions on the Obamacare thing was pointing to Jesus's uh illustration of the good Samaritan. Uh mm-hmm. he didn't look to um, you know, Israel care or whatever the case was. Uh he took from his own what he had and he took care of his neighbor who would have been considered the mortal enemy uh, of himself and and here he was. He's not even you know brought up under the law of God he's one of those guys doing what Paul says in Romans 2 who's fulfilling the law even though he doesn't have the law right. you know i mean he he's right. doing those kinds of things he's showing love for his neighbor and it's it's incredible to me that these guys will get in there and they'll push this social justice and more government doing this that and the other and uh, you know that was the only problem i think that i had with um with uh, mlk junior was the fact that he was trying to force Mm -hmm. The push of, you know, segregation in the schools, the school, the public school system itself was corrupt. Um, I think it's an unbiblical format, the way it was going. And he was trying to push that on. Now, he had the right idea that men with dark skin were just as equal to men with white skin as far as before the Lord and before the law, they should be. He was Mm -hmm. right about that. But then some of those pushes and then these guys are just taking it a a step further, except they're they might throw Jesus or Jubilee, and they might even have some right concepts about certain things in there, but it's it, what's, but what's at, their okay, policy?
3: Okay, but, but look <laughs> at what's also woven in. Yes. Masks, vaccines. Yes.
1: Abortions. LGBT.
0: Yeah,
3: it's, it's all in there. Yep.
1: It's going, to be, it's, going to be, it's going to be inclusive rather than how the Bible presents the people of God as exclusive. Lynn, you got a final <laughs> word you want to leave people with today?
3: Watch what w- watch the pot that's about to be stirred and then just brace yourselves and do it biblically. Yeah. That's a that's all I've gonna say about that.
1: Yeah. Well yeah, we we need to do that, that's for sure. Yeah. Lynn, we thank you as yes. always. This is a lot of information. Guys, we it skipped is. over several things. So <laughs> some of those will be in the archives later this morning. Um, hopefully I get to it this morning. Wednesdays for some reason. All kinds of stuff happens, and sometimes it's like 5 or 6 o'clock before I get this up, but which is unusual, and sometimes it happens on other days too. But thank you, Lynn, for coming in, sharing this information. I think people need to be aware of what's going on. There's just There's so many things going on right now. It's like, can we just pick one thing to do? <laughs> Deal with here instead of fifty thousand, but that's that's the way the enemy's coming in at this. And uh, so, guys, be sure to catch uh, Bradley at three p.m. Eastern, two p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia dot com. And I think we're probably going to have David back on tomorrow. Uh, we'll have another prepping show. If we don't, then. I'm probably going to do this thing that uh, Suzanne, by the way, just letting you know, uh, Suzanne Hamner, some of you guys have been missing her. Uh, She's doing she's doing well, but her mom has had some issues there. And uh, she called me the other day to share with me some information coming out of the SBC. Boy, I can't say I'm surprised, but the SBC is is becoming just like Rome, just like them. And I got to tell you, they have a a statement of faith that's not worth two cents because it's never enforced on any pastor there. And um, you know, I said a long time ago, there's there are some good men within the SBC. The problem is, it's been taken over. And if you go back to my interview with uh, G. Edward Griffin, he'll tell you why that is because the communists have infiltrated the seminaries. They've been infiltrating the pulpits, and they've been preaching that false gospel, a damnable gospel that doesn't save anybody. And that has a tremendous impact upon the church. And, you know, the SBC is in need of repentance, just like many of these other denominations uh, that are out there as well. So, but I, we're, I'm going to share some of that information with you that, uh, that Suzanne um, has given to me. So anyway, we'll do that either Thursday or Friday and David will be on <laughs> the other days. You guys have a great day and we'll talk to you then, Lord willing. See ya.